All right, everybody, welcome to the Pat Life Podcast. As always, I'm Patrick, and today I have a very special guest. We got Mr. Bam Lionheart. I don't even know Bam's last name. I just know him as Bam Lionheart. At one point, it was go to Bam for a little bit, but you know he's he's blossomed off and been doing some amazing stuff, creating amazing content, working with people all over the world. Um, you know, I'll let him share his story, but I'm really looking forward to this conversation. For those who like my conversations about the body and the design, the spirals. And uh, like that gravy we dive into, you're going to love this one because uh, Bam's a, an OG in regards to the, uh, yeah, the pulse and oscillation and spiral world. So what's going on, Bam? Dude, Pat, I am very stoked to be here. Very grateful to, to be able to have a cool conversation with you. You and I definitely are on very similar wavelengths and yeah, looking forward to getting deep within the gravy, as you call it. Yeah, man. Well, like we we like, uh, you know, as they say, and a bunch of my friends, we uh, ladle gravy, you know, you get biscuits, they're dry. You need you need that gravy to to, to get you sizzling to be get your day going. So uh, this is always why I love starting early with these conversations, because then the rest of my day is just riding that wave of uh, just awesome, awesome conversation. So you know, I know who you are. A lot of people listen to my show, know who you are. They follow you. Um, but there are also a lot of people who have no idea what we're talking about. So if, uh, if you have, uh, wanted to tee it off with just sharing a little bit about you and kind of how we're getting to this conversation before we came on, you kind of started that. So yeah, just a little bit about who you are, man. I am, and I label myself a movement coach. Um, to some people, that's a little bit like movement. I'm not sure what you're talking about with movement. I could just be a coach or a strength coach. But what I care about is the health, the capability, the functionality, and the longevity of the human body. I'm obsessed with that from myself, what my body is capable of, how, how I can move in all the different ways. What is the natural way that my body is supposed to move? What is the natural way for the human body is supposed to move? And how can understanding that help us uh, be longer living, happier, pain-free bodies? It's a question that I've had since I was very young. I've been a very moving and interacting with the world on the physical sense has been my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. So never have not been like very active as a kid. Sitting in chairs at school was difficult for me um, but I'm really lucky right now to be a full-time movement coach online primarily uh, with my brand primal movement where I seek to answer those questions that a lot of us have is what is the natural way for the human body to move and if there is a natural way for the human body to move can we help other people move in this natural way Absolutely, man. And so with, uh, with primal movement, and as you said, kind of a little, your backstory about, um, you know, going on that journey. Um, I do know a little bit about your, your backstory in the sense of, I know you were, you were doing, you know, heavy powerlifting stuff for a while. How did you find yourself into this natural, uh, flow state or, uh, working with, uh, the spirals, natural design of the body? Um, my very first like love of movement uh, came with martial arts and jujitsu. Mm -hmm. There's a classic saying in the martial arts and especially the jujitsu community, which is like jujitsu saved my life. Mm -hmm. That was very true. 
through all throughout high school, I didn't play sports, uh, normal high school sports. I went to an all boys call a Catholic collegiate preparatory school. Mm-hmm. It was an hour away from my house. So I would go to school wearing Dockers and a polo, and then I would come home and go straight to the MMA gym. And that MMA gym and fighting and having a group of 10, 20 males that were older than me, they would smash me, they would choke me, they would give me advice, they would slap me on the back, and we would talk like that really cultivated my personality, who I wanted to be in this movement world. It was like the antithesis of this high school uh, Catholic college preparatory type of environment. So I was very much in the martial arts world, and I thought that I was going to be on the track to, I wanted to be an MMA fighter. I wanted to go into the UFC and and do all that, and mm-hmm. not necessarily because that was my dream, but because I just loved training. I loved the camaraderie. I loved being in that environment. And naturally, when that happens, there's a manager, there's a coach that says, let's go compete. Let's go further. Let's go and bring this like to more and more levels. But what what was really interesting about that was when I was making that transition into, I think I want to be a full-time fighter. I think I want to make this my professional endeavor and career and my life, my life's work and passion. I graduated from high school and knew that I did not want to go into college because I knew that I was going to have to uh, pay for that route myself. Mm-hmm. And my oldest brother luckily called me when I was a sophomore. I got a phone call from him and he had just graduated from a four-year private university and said, hey, dude, I just got a bonus check for my job. It was like five grand. It's like most money I've ever gotten in my life from like a check. I spent, I took like a thousand for myself and all the rest of it I put to my student loans. He said, do you want to know actually how meant to reducing my student loans versus how much was paid to the interest on my student loans? And of course the number to like, actually of how much four thousand dollars went to paying off his student loans was like so small and i was very aware that that was a money trap that i was not willing to sacrifice or like because i also graduated from high school like many other people i don't know what i want to necessarily do i don't have a clear path to a profession to an income college was just the natural go to high school go to like go to college and i was like yeah this this uh, unknowing train path that's already set before me no way like i'm not gonna do it i know that i love fighting i know that i love training i know that i love this movement in the gym setting so i'm going to continue doing that but this question came up that was um what do you want to like really do from more like a professional type of setting because at the time obviously fighting wasn't paying the bills right when there was this question that was, what do you want to do? After I graduated high school, there was seemed like this black hole of gravity. Um, I got a phone call that really set me on a path. And the phone call said, hey, there's a there's a gentleman in across the United States in Florida. He's 56 and he has terminal cancer. And you and you and this gentleman have been matched as donors would you be willing to donate your bone marrow and i was like dude i just graduated high school i got nothing going on for me i just train all day i work as a lifeguard like yeah (laughs) like why why wouldn't i say yes to that and i was like yeah hell yeah and the lady on the phone was like whoa like really like 
most people are like hesitant or sometimes they say no. Um, but that summer of graduation, I ended up going through the whole process where I was able to donate my peripheral blood stem cells in like a little baggie and it flew across the country and was able to have this experience more than anything of my life serves a purpose and me being willing to say yes to step up to the plate is helping somebody else and that feel that that feeling filled this void of this black hole of what do you want to do with your life how do you want to make money who do you want to like be all of a sudden was hey if i'm willing and i say yes i can affect change within my reality and i can positively impact people's lives mm -hmm. enough that's awesome really good uh why wouldn't i just continue on that route for the rest of my life like why wouldn't i do that i can still fight i can do all these things that i love to do but why wouldn't i spend my time helping the world uh, being of service because it made it was very selfish it made me feel grounded and like i have a calling and also to hear uh get a letter um from this person you know a year later saying i'm i'm free of cancer i'm a grandpa like somehow this scientific process of my stem cells going to him like was the thing that, that cured him very cool so from that um i thought that the natural process was to go into the medical industry and i became an emt and i served as a 911 emt responder for quite a while four years from that so like right when i turned 21 like maybe a month after I turned 21, I had my first experience working on the ambulance. So while all of my peers were getting their experience of college and all this, I was responding to people dying, gunshots, stabbings in LA County. Like I was like, you know, if I didn't know the world, I was like, this is okay. I'm experiencing yep. the world right now. Yeah. Me about a year to really understand what was happening in that system in the medical system, why people have emergencies, what are medical emergencies, what are psychological emergencies. And needless to say, I'm sure you can uh, understand that what we think, what your job would be as a 911 emergency responder and what actually is, those are two very different things. Absolutely. Anyone that then, uh, who's a police officer, who's a firefighter, who's an EMT, even a, a nurse, knows knows this that inside the medical industry world is like is a very different experience so yeah that um after four years i realized that the change that i wanted to make wasn't going to happen there for instance there was a lot of people that uh were having emergencies and i could see that the only reason they're having this emergency was from 10 20 30 years of bad decisions or decisions that weren't helpful to this person. Yeah. And I wanted to have that feeling like I was helping the world, like I was affecting change, but I was constantly, it was like I was watching a movie. I would go on these 24 hour shifts and I was just watching a movie of like, oh my goodness, like bad, bad situation after bad situation. Yeah. And there were times when the most help that I could give was putting my hand on somebody's shoulder and looking them in the eye like this sucks this is like maybe the hardest night of your life and yeah. i'm just dude 
I'm just a stranger, but I'm here and I'm here to help if I can. But oftentimes, right. uh, you know, a hand on the shoulder was the most that I could do. Right. Yeah. So that really um, broke my mental framework of life and reality, especially coming from the classic uh, Christian theology, monotheistic, you know, God creates this and this. Like mm-hmm. I would have calls where young people, innocent people would be have very tragic endings to their life. And I would have to sit with that inside of my body of like, why is this happening? What does this mean about me? How does this you know, yeah. really my whole entire reality of life? And it was very positive, even if it was difficult. Um, but it did lead to some some PTSD type of experiences. There was one call in particular that um, everything was normal, let's say, about my life. I would spend 24-hour shifts on the ambulance, like seeing all this stuff. And then when I wasn't on the ambulance, I was training in the gym twice a day and then maybe fighting that weekend. Like my life was so much sympathetic stress, just like not all the time. Long. Like MMA fighting or Muay Thai fighting or like yeah I, yeah back I'm like dude nuts you were just <laughs> a walking fist at all times just like this all day yeah so crazy but at the same time normal everyday life struggles complaints that people have like I did not have that I had the luxury of being like hey I saw the dude that was had a gunshot in his head and was lying dead in the street and I'm not that. And today I have a free day for myself to do whatever it is that I'm right. Absolutely. I'm going to feel my body. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to do things that feel good. Absolutely. So, so then, uh, yeah. So you're talking ahead. about, so you're talking about the day you said you're talking about a specific day. Yeah. There's a, there was a specific call that I think was more than anything was the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, and after that call, I did my normal routine. After the 24-hour shift, I went home, and I went straight to morning class wrestling, jujitsu. But in that class, and I was training with guys that I've been training with for five, six years, I was, I had this feeling like, okay, I want to submit this guy, like get an arm bar. And then I'll be like, like, come back, like, come back, let's shake hands, let's go again. Like, I need to choke you, I need to submit you, I need to go again, again, again. And it's like kind of this uh, underlying beast started to come up, which is like, I need to hurt these people. Or if they were hurting me, just like fury and rage. And uh, that session and then many after that would end with me either trying to hurt somebody or crying on the side of the mats, not knowing, like confused, like trying to hurt somebody and maybe crying while I'm hurting somebody or like crying on the side of the mats, like, what is going on? And I was genuinely like confused, like, yo, dude, I'm just training. Like it was almost like I was observing these big emotional waves that were coming up and I had mm-hmm. to kind of go home and start to analyze like what is happening. I'm just like in this habitual training cycle. Why does that happen? Uh, when I go train this, now I'm having this emotional response where I want to hurt people and I'm getting very angry. Um, and the place that saved me, the jujitsu mass, the the wrestling room, the MMA fighting was no longer a quote unquote like safe place for me to be. If anybody has ever trained or 
even been on a sports team, a hothead or somebody who's got like emotionally unstable, that person you do not want around. They're not fun to be around. Right. Um, from that, I started to go into CrossFit and then Olympic weightlifting. And in a CrossFit room, in an Olympic weightlifting room, you could yell bloody murder at a barbell and slam it and you could cry while you're working out and people are going to look at you like a little bit weird but they're also going to kind of feed off that energy and be like all right this guy's getting it's getting hyped so i found uh safety or a place to positively put this emotional duress that my subconscious was under in uh in a weightlifting environment and i started to feel the same thing like wow if i in the morning go and have a crazy workout and after that crazy workout, even if I'm in tears and I'm having, you know, flash memories come through my brain, I'm going to breathe and I'm going to let that come, you know, cycle through my awareness. I'm going to allow it, you know, to come through. Then I'll go through my day and I'll feel really good. But if I didn't have that big emotional release and those allow those things, the images would stay in, within my brain throughout the day. And I'd have this underlying stress as I went through my day. So I started to have this experience that, it wasn't the jujitsu that saved me, but it was the, the act of the martial arts, this movement within martial arts that was really helping facilitate my growth as a young man. And then now in this other stage of my life where I'm trying to understand reality and understand my place within it and understand the pain and suffering that I see in the world, now this world of CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting is really having this big effect on me. So then I started to step back and say that movement, movement in general, and the different ways that we can move can really help heal and facilitate our growth as individuals. I started to understand that in my own flesh and blood. So I wanted to give that back and I wanted to tap back into the martial arts community, my favorite community of people. Um, and when I went back there, I tried to bring them weightlifting and CrossFit and all the different modalities that I really enjoyed doing. But all of my jujitsu friends and my martial arts friends were broken and their bodies were in pain. And so I would see them in pain. I'm like, we're for sure not back squatting heavy today. Uh, mm -hmm. We're for sure not going to be doing a bunch of pull-ups because someone just yanked on your arm and, and started to break it. So there was this merging of worlds where this BAM that wanted to help people and be of service and this love of movement that was saving my life. I started to find that I could use movement to help facilitate um, healing in other people's bodies. And it wasn't through weightlifting. It wasn't through all these different modalities. So then I became obsessed on how do you work with the actual physical structure of the body? What is the physical structure of the body and how we move and how does that affect our nervous system? Nervous system affecting our psychological and emotional state and breath work and this. And it kind of like, you know, uh, came to a head where I was 24 and I owned a gym uh, and people were looking at me for the answers. But I knew deep down that I did not have the answers to them. And um, is it cool if I keep going? Dude, I'm, you, I'm, I'm in the story, man. I'm, everyone I know is going to love this. So by all means, keep going. So I was 24 and I knew that I didn't have the answers for the beautiful people that were in my gym, which was like this uh, 900 square foot black boo box, we called it, where we would just, 
I, it was like a spiritual, like kind of uh, place where mm -hmm. I come in and I say, Hey, today we're going to, we're going to do something really hard. We're going to push a sled until we can't, <laughs> until we absolutely can't. And we're going to go, 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 go. It was like a experiential thing. I was trying to bring this, this healing, this like big emotional response that we can get by pushing our limits into this gym setting. But a lot of people could not go into those depths because their bodies and their structure wasn't able to bring them into these environments that saved me. People could not continue training on the mats because their actual body was broken and hurting. They couldn't uh, move a bunch of weight or do something physically difficult because their actual structure wouldn't allow them to. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I didn't have the answers and um, I wanted to really understand the answers. And, and just like the emergency ambulance world, I knew that going into uh, a difficult place, a new world would bring so much awareness, just like the emergency response the medical world did. And I had this calling inside myself to go into the military. And that came up like resounding call when I was like 25. And it took me two and a half, three years to finally go into the military to train, to understand psychologically if I was ready, why I wanted to do this you know at the time i had long hair and i was smoking weed in portland oregon so when i told my family that i wanted to do special operations in the air force they were like dude no way bro like no way <laughs> no no for for real yeah. um, this is going to be the hardest physical crucible that i think and i also know that this is going to challenge my conception of reality and allow me to find what i think would be answers to hopefully come back to the world and say um, I have some, some gifts, some, some waves for us. And this soul calling to go into the military was exactly, um, was true that it was what I needed to do, but it was obviously given to me in a way that, um, it's never give, give, it's like given to us how we think. Um, right. so when I went into the military, uh, I like three lessons came on. I was only in the military for a very short amount of time. And I learned my first lesson on the third day when we lined up to go into the medical facility to get vaccinated. Um, and I had this extremely big physical response in my body. The first time when they put some pills in our hands and they told us to swallow them, they didn't tell us what those pills were. And my body's like, dude, I don't, we don't do pills. And now there's this you know military nurse doctor dude that's yelling at us and i've been four years in the medical world like i don't like you don't you're a doctor like you're not supposed to be yelling at me and, and telling me to take drugs and etc and so i was having this mental like back and forth with myself like dude what 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 is going on right and the second part of myself was like hey we've been training for this this is like You've tried to deny this soul calling, but now you're here. Like, let's go through with this. But I looked down the line that I was in and we were kind of shuffling into this facility. And I, when I looked down the line, there was that little rotator thing, like when you're going into Disneyland or mm -hmm. uh, Park. Yeah. And before you go through the turn thing, there was guys on either side going like four shots. And again, they didn't tell us what they were shooting into our bodies. And... I was like having a very hard time with this psychologically. And the conversation in my head was like, Hey dude, 
if you're having a hard time with this, this is kindergarten for what they may ask you to do with your body. And you probably are not going to be okay with it, just like you're feeling like you're not okay with this. So either you go through with this right now, and you know that this is the path you're going to go down where somebody has control of your time over your physical body and what you do with that physical body, even if you're not okay with it, you're going to have to go through with these things. Or, or you say, this is it. So I got out of line, kind of like out of body experience, like walked out of line third day in, in boot camp and like walked to the dude that was yelling at me like prior and just like walked straight up to him. And granted, like we got math, everyone's got masks on, sex phrases, like it was crazy, like absolutely crazy. And I was like, hey, dude, I'm not taking shots today. I'm like, I'm not, not doing that. And then all hell broke loose. Um, but that lesson and that started my egress out of the military was in my body and in my person uh i knew deep down that my sovereignty my physical body was my responsibility and my choice that if i wanted something or i didn't want something to happen to my body like it was my choice and that was the end of the story but saying that out loud to you know this superior head figure this these military people and then now five other military drill instructors are yelling at me and I'm saying to each one of them again and again, like, I'm not taking shots today. I'm not taking shots today. And like, I turn around and there's like 200 of my peers, like sitting down, like wide eyed, like who's this dude is like saying like, I'm not doing this over and over again. was like this big uh, saying, like my way of saying to the world, my body is my body and that's it. Nobody gets to tell me. Um, dude, which that goes. Well, what's powerful about that too is, is, you know, as that experience happens, you have literally big, like military men yelling at you. And all you realize after that whole scary experience is when you choose your, your life, your sovereignty, all that is, is just fucking barking, dude. It's just barking, right? Like it's going, you can yell at me. You can tell me whatever you want. It's just your words, but I get to choose what I do with my body. You can try to intimidate me. It doesn't work when you're so in it, it uh, ingrained in that foundation of self of like, yes, I get to freaking choose. So that's good, man. That's awesome, dude. It's such a powerful thing, but I'll let you keep going. Cause I'm like, I'm sitting here like, go on, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to like, how did we get on this podcast? Dude, um, I love it, man. Don't, don't, no rush, uh, man. Tell the story, dude. People love a good story. And real quick, I have to say something. The reason why the stories matter, dude, and you know this with people's movements, and I'm just, we'll talk about this more, but when you realize that we all have our story, we all have our movie, as you said, it feels like I'm watching a movie, someone else's movie. It's like when you realize like your movie is your life, it's your decisions, it's your, what you put into the world, your creativity, your thoughts, your emotions, your experiences. And that's why we get so attached to beautiful stories we get so attached to people who have like a beautiful heart a beautiful sense about them right it's because you're like you your story everyone's story is worth hearing if people are willing to share their own stories or really believe in and embody their own story and that's what life is it's, it's as much as it's the physical it is that creative it's that it's that journey that we're always seeking or in uh, in film and television it's always about the hero's journey and it's the reality is, man, we're all on our hero's journey. So it's it's such a fun, exciting thing for me to hear it from you, from you know the members and clients that I work with. 
because it's going like you might think it's silly or you might it's like oh i don't want to waste your time it's going no this isn't a waste of time i'm hearing about who you are as mundane as some people think it is or is extreme it's like if you're willing to share like we're here to listen so anyway that was my long rant well thank you thank you for the platform and being willing to listen and for sure man listening in yeah like i said that was lesson one of three <laughs> I feel like I was gifted. The second lesson, they didn't know what to do with me after that. They threatened to put me in prison. And I was like, what? guys, I'm just like, I'm, I'm legitimately like, I don't know what you're trying to inject in me. And I'm not cool with this. Well, we're going to put you in prison. I'm like, wrong. That was the wrong thing to say because now I'm completely checked out of this whole thing. So now there's like this weird flux where they didn't know what to do with me. So I kind of just kept going on with the whole charade and show and um then i get another phone call that they bring me in and say hey you have covid and at this time the air force was the only military branch that was open and there was just like random people that would just not be in their bed or like whole yeah. entire units just be like put into quarantine so what year is this sorry what year is this now uh, 2020 2020 okay yeah November 2020. And uh, so they say, hey, you got COVID. You got to pack your things and you got to leave. You got to go into quarantine. So pack all my things, leave the unit. They go to wait for this bus. Bus takes me to another place. Get off the bus and there's a guy waiting for me um, there. He's like, hey, you such and such, we're going to take you into quarantine, which was like basically a hotel room. And on the side note for this story, on the way to the hotel room, I'm going and there's clearly a young man, maybe 18, 19, leaving his like maybe his quarantine duties. And he's got a mask on. He's got all his bags. And he's like, oh, man, dude, you're going to love it. And I was like in my I was already so like like wait, you're going to quarantine me? Like, what's going to happen? I'd like, they're talking about like 10 days in quarantine. And so I passed this dude and I was like confused. Did this dude like really mean I'm going to enjoy this? Or was he being sarcastic? Like, right. this dude, not a good time to be sarcastic, bro. Give me, I need a straight cut answer. Don't. Straight answer. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. Shit, dude. Uh, they put me, brought me upstairs to my little hotel room on base and you know, gave me a little sign of like what I'm, what I can do and what I can't do. Can't, can't open the door, can't open the window. Food's going to be brought to you at these times. So they jail. Gave my, they gave me my phone back and then just locked and then boom, closed the door. And I'm like, okay, 10 days in here. Like, wow. 10 days. Jeez, dude. For your, for, uh, for your safety, for, for your safety and everyone's safety. Yeah, sure. we're gonna we're gonna imprison you for ten days. We're gonna put in you in hotel. in isolation. But go on. <laughs> and prior to this, I had been so pumped, motivated to this big physical endeavor of doing all these crazy things, getting drowned in a pool. You know, physical like you know, like what the kind of military portrays, especially special operations. You're gonna be working out nonstop for three months. It's gonna be hell, and you're gonna be sweating and uh, and push-ups and, uh, and and all this. So I was working out an insane amount prior to this, and now here was ten days where I had to be isolated in a hotel room, and um, 
when they locked the door and they shut the door, everything inside of my body just like went quiet. All of the chatter inside of my brain went silent because all of the versions of myself, the child band, the military band was like, yeah, we're going to go do this. The scared band was like, I don't know. that, And the, all these different versions that were constantly competing in my head were quiet. And it took me about three, four days of kind of meditating and prayer to understand that we were quiet because we finally all agreed that somebody putting us in a room and telling us we cannot leave for X amount of time was not something that I was okay with. But I had to experience that. So right. you go in this room, you can't leave. Literally me opening the window was like, you know, they would come close the window. Like it was like, I need fresh air. <laughs> you know, can I drink some, can I, Hey, can I have some water instead of this Gatorade? No, you drink the tap water. I'm like, don't want to drink the yeah. tap water. Don't want to calcify, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was not the uh, good, but it, it was like, you know, a little prison. And I had to understand that my freedom, my personal freedom and geographic personal freedom, physical freedom with my body was something that I needed to protect and that I had not really thought of because I didn't have this experience. Wow, dude. So getting out of that hotel room, uh, they asked me, do you want to take vaccines or no? And at that time, I was like, look, I'm I'm ready to get out of here. You guys want to put me in jail for six months, do whatever. Like, this is, this is not for me already. This right. is just going so slow. So they put me in this purgatory, uh, military purgatory, which was, again, very similar, akin to a prison. Um this time I was in there for 21 days and the interesting thing about this was because I was had a, a COVID thing, a doctor signed this paper that put me on, they call it a dead man's waiver. I was not able to run. I was not able to do jumping jacks. I was not able to lift anything higher than, uh, heavier than five pounds inside of this facility. Um, we weren't able to take naps be able to sit down, read, play games. We were only able to go outside during certain times. And when we went outside, I wasn't able to do any exercise. So there's like only a few amount of things that I could do for 21 days. And it was a long time, but I was like in this state, like where if I do not do exercise, my mental, emotional, spiritual self is going to diminish, which happened there kids would get depressed suicidal it was like i was like i needed to take care of myself so i knew that i would have a good day i took it one day at a time because you had no idea when you were going to leave it was like this weird game where like all of a sudden in the morning a phone call would happen someone would pick up the phone they'd say this person this person this person pack your bags you're heading home but you, you had no idea when you were going to get that phone call and, and you would make relationships with people and then some people would go and some people were in there for three months it was like I knew that I cannot live for the future happening. I just had to take care of today. And what do I need to do today? I need to wake up. I need to meditate and journal. I need to go to breakfast. I need to clean, do whatever chores they want me to do. And then I needed to exercise. So I had to uh, know where the drill instructors were. I had to go to the 
exercise place outside where they did have a bunch of exercise equipment that was off limits, know where the cameras were, know where the specific corner that I could hide and get my 30, 45 minutes of workout time in, sneak out twice a day and go get an exercise. And I knew that if I meditated and I got two exercises, uh, I exercised twice a day, I was feeling like, okay, I can just wait. I can, I can just wait. It's no big deal. Um, but when I was exercising, it was literally like this feeling like what I'm doing is illegal. Like I was taking drugs or I was doing something that was wrong. And one day I did get in trouble for exercising. I got, if they, what are you doing out here? You know, like you can't be exercising. You can't be, <laughs> you can't be <laughs> enjoying yourself doing exercise. And at the time, um, I was very aware of healthy movement, um, actually, you know, coming to, We'll talk about that later, yeah. but I would do whatever I needed to in that little space to get some metabolic release and action, you know, get some aggression out type of thing. And when I got in trouble with one of the drill instructors, I, it was probably the first time that I was like, I'm going to relate to this person, person to person. I, like, I'm going to talk to them like they're a human, not like they're wearing a uniform. And I was like, hey, dude, I am in here. I've been in here for X amount of days with 40 other young males. And it is beneficial for me to get some of this exercise out. If I'm stuck inside of this place for, you know, with all these people, it's not going to end up well. This is where arguments and fights happen. Like, it's good for me to do this. I'm not hurting anyone, whatever. And he said, give me your waiver. Give me your thing. And we had to carry this on our person at all times. Handed it to him. And he looked at it and he said, do you see this down here? It's signed by a doctor. Every doctor in the military is an officer. So if it's an officer that told you that you can't do these things and you're disobeying an officer's command, well, we can put you in prison for that. And I was like, is this dude legitimately trying to threaten to put me in prison because I'm exercising? And so I had to have this realization that when a person with their own volition decides to go to a place a 24-hour fitness, a yoga studio, uh, whatever you call it, to work on themselves, to give themselves some kind of input or release, whatever Jeez, it is. dude. That habit, that um, behavior, that ritual that we do as humans and have the privilege to do is special. To be protected, to be encouraged, to be understood that this isn't just something that you should do and check a, a box. Oh, I went to the gym and I exercised today. Like, right. no, you took time out of your life to go do something and exercise, to give yourself something positive. Don't care what it is. Right. I understood now more than I ever had how special the martial arts school, the, the gym setting, these different places that I was able to go do because it was now taken from me. So when I got out, I knew the three things that I wanted to do was to fight for the sovereignty of all humans, the right to say what happened in their body, fight for the right for their freedom, their physical freedom, to be able to move geographically wherever they want, however they want, which is how do we move through the world? And third, to promote this, this ritual of going into a gym, going into a space 
and consciously, even if it's in your living room, consciously feeding ourselves and up-leveling ourselves with some good things. This very base thing. So when I got out, I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to move. I'm going to continue doing this. And I'm going to promote this as many people as I can because now I also see how just going to the gym and taking ownership of my movement is also somehow extremely and intricately intricately connected to my perception of my personal freedom and sovereignty. I was like, yeah, Whoa. dude. Crazy. Bro. And this is the, I mean, this is kind of like what you're saying when you're on the ambulance about, you know, you see some of the hardest things in the world and every single one of us to some capacity goes, how could this be? Like, how can this happen? And in your situation, it leads to your path, your journey. It's the, the fires that, have sent you on this journey and it's going like you said have what have i would i have known that this is my path had i not ex made those experiences right so in those situations there's that and then obviously people are like well what about the hardships of children and things like that where it's out of people's control when you understand how it is all connected and that we are energy we are this life source that does not die it is in constant motion and that we portray it in this vessel for a time. And then once we are no longer in this vessel, it moves on, but it's the motion that is occurring. You, it's not saying that things aren't sad and they are not hard. I trust me. I got that part, but it is knowing that it's not the end and it's put taking people like you're doing in many ways. And I, this is what I love is it's going like those three things you just said there. It's going, you're, this feeling of like my body's destroyed my i feel like i don't have decisions for myself it's going no you just we need to just start getting you in motion to start mm -hmm. feeling that energy that's within you to reconnect with it in a way where you're on that same wavelength with it it's going i'm here for you i'm trying to let you know and you're going no life has told me these things my body's telling you me this is going no 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 we're just trying to reconnect with you and where people like yourself and myself is trying to is going we're just trying to reconnect that that flow of energy source back that's already there but back into your conscious not just the subconscious of going like yes this is who i am this is the i am right you know all that that big saying right who am i what am i i am and it's like that's that's what we're getting to in so many ways in allowing people to experience that so your story man it's it's I, I did not know that story. And that's a beautiful, and I mean, we're not even done. We still have to, there's other parts of it that I would so love to just kind of see how we got to here, because this is the beautiful thing. It's, it's not just, oh, you know, a guy who's training people, like you said, you're a movement coach, but part of that movement coach or that movement uh, experience with you, it's going, we're going to bring your entire story into how you move. And even more so, oh, your story of all the pains you have, we're going to, we're going to be in that story. We're going to move through that story in order to break free from, you know, that limitation that a lot of times that story has, like, for example, my, I'll never be able to sit, uh, you know, sit comfortably on my, you know, in like a kneeling position because of my knees, because of the pains I've had, or I'm never going to be able to get my hands on the ground and crawl. Well, that's the story that we've embodied because of our pain and because of our lack of that connection with self, right? That 
and ultimately what we're doing is the reconnecting. And so I don't know about you, but when you start to allow people to move through that and start to explore that story rather than be like, no, we won't even touch that with a 10 foot pole. Now you see people going, I, what I thought I was and what I really am is not the same. And I think that's essentially where your, your aim always aiming for when you're working with people is just getting them to see like, you're more than what you you've told yourself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that process when I'm working with people is, um, and it's like an undercover process. Yeah. And sometimes we do an, an undercover process for myself. Like when I look back, I was like, Oh, I was fighting because I wanted to put myself through some rite of passage to manhood. It wasn't yeah. about really actually going into a cage and getting my hand raised. It was about, do I have the guts enough to go and do this thing? And yeah. can I get that validation that I wasn't getting externally? So this undercover process of whatever we do to grow um, is beautiful. And what's so cool about it as a, as a movement coach, I can be so mundane and so based earthly in that when I work with somebody, I li literally look at their ability to move forward. And the mm -hmm. way that the human moves forward is through walking and running, which is the natural way for the, for movement. There's so many things that we can do, but the primary function, the primary mode for the mind body connection is our ability to move forward yeah. for growth, for experience. Yeah to go into the crucible, to go into the arena, to go find a mate, to go do whatever it is. So in this whole entire process of this story, cumulative story of our beings growing and moving forward and not getting stopped by our stories or, or uh, somebody else or the tyrants in our head, moving forward is the thing that we do as humans and we do it really well. And so mm -hmm. it's my absolute pleasure now to help people move forward literally in walking and running that's awesome man so if 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 you're willing to share uh with you know after coming out of uh basically prison or jail for you know the 21 days um how did you find yourself then on the path to you know go to and things like that if you're willing to share that story i mean we don't have to get into the details of anything that you're not wanting to share i just uh how did that happen? Because when I came across you guys, it was, well, the then it was, you. I think, like December of 2021. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because you're saying you were in 2020 in the military and then it was, now we're in 2021. Is that where the story picks so, up? Um, when I was on training before going into the military, I knew you know, that there was a lot of physical requirements that needed to be checked off. And I was able, I needed to be able to do a lot of things, um, swimming, drown proofing in, in the water, calisthenics, pushups, pull-ups, uh, and a lot of running and rucking in the pool. I was like top in push was in pull-ups, calisthenics, top running. I was bottom. And running was my big physical limiting factor for moving forward. And a lot of it was in part because of the input that weightlifting had done on my body. So when I was looking for how do I improve running because I need to meet these standards, 
and I need to excel at these running standards. I don't need to just meet them. I need to excel and be able to repeat these time after time after time so I can go through this physical crucible that the military will put me through. Um, I came across Coach Gill in Gota and had a, a Coach Gill, Jose Bosch, is somebody who looked at the slow motion movement of the natural way that the human body moves and created a model. And from his model slow motion assessment, I said, hey, I'm trying to go in the military. I'm having trouble running. Can you help me? He said, yes, yeah, send me your, your assessment. So I sent him my, my running assessment, and he pointed out um, the action of my foot and ankle, and he pointed out the the reverse energy motion that I was doing moving forward, that I was moving forward in reverse. Mm -hmm. And as a, as a martial artist, as a swimmer, as a movement guy, he was speaking a movement language. Before, when I was trying to improve my running, I, I talked to runners. They would just tell me what I needed to do. You need to run at this, this interval at this time on these days. And I knew when I ran, I said, something isn't right. Okay. I can go and lift the heaviest weights and do the hardest CrossFit workout and go train for two hours doing MMA. But when I run, something in my body is telling me that this isn't right. So uh, Coach Gill gave me that gift of that assessment um, through his brand, his lens, which was Goda, um, which they also were in alignment with what I cared about, this natural way that the human body moves and forward locomotion. Right. And, um. I reached out to him after I left and said, Hey, is there any help I can do within this? Because this Goda, which helped me um, learn how to run, get myself capable and physical enough to be healthy enough to perform at this high level. Um, I could see that this was very much in that same alignment with those three things that I was trying to give the world. And so I was working with them for about a year doing videography and coaching and developing some internal uh, work with them and became really close with Coach Gill, uh, really close because his mission and what he cared about in the world was the same that I cared about. He cared about helping other people and providing a service and, and letting people move forward in their direction as, as they saw fit. Um, and it wasn't until last April that he sold the company. And the company did what most companies do and most brands do is they become more about a product, more about a service, more about um, something that they can provide to the world in exchange for money rather than a social movement, which is why I was part of it. Um, and that was a, a very good switch because now I get to have a, a lot of different conversations in support of this movement that isn't housed within like, let's say like a brand it's very much mm -hmm. like diet and other things that come to the world oh i'm doing keto oh i'm doing yeah. paleo and there's like somebody that wants to be uh saying i am providing the solution and yeah. the thing that is going to cure you for the world yeah and it'd be very egoic coming back to the person like it's me so it's what i'm providing it's, to you it's my secret um, it's my it's my magic potion <laughs> So I, I wasn't um, in alignment with that energy of the new management that is still going on today. And I'm glad they're still on. I'm, I'm glad they're still doing their work. Right. When I, um, before the the separation, when Coach Gill sold the company and is now doing his own thing, um, I was at an airport and I, I picked up a book and it was a book and it said movement on the book. And I was like drawn to it. So I picked it up and I started, I opened it up and 
it said that every single social movement in the world, any movement, um, had a very specific shape to it. And the shape looked like a spider web. In the circle was a, a circle of very close people, five to eight, who talked regularly. Mm -hmm. And they were in the circle, but there was no one or two people at the top. It was just a very close circle of people that were like in the center of this movement. Mm -hmm. And then there was a, a larger circle, concentric circle around that, and a larger circle around that, and a larger circle around that, and an infinite amount of random ties within this network of a mm -hmm. social movement. Um, every military company structure is not a network, but it's a pyramid structure with top-down authority. One, two, who, who knows how many people at the top that are dictating to the lower and the lower and the lower and it becomes this pyramid structure. So that's the switch that Gota made in April, um, which to me was very unfortunate, but there still is today this network of people who are coming to the same realization that the musculoskeletal system is under attack. Surgeries, there's like on average right now, there's like some... 500,000 surgeries that are going on just for the spine and like fusions in the U S yeah. when like in 1993 was like in this, like 60,000. So from 1993 yeah. to 60,000 to, to now, um, up to 500,000, there is a humongous exponential increase in amount of people that are being cut open and yeah. having surgery. The amount of people that are experiencing debilitating back pain, the amount of people that have random knee pain that they can't uh, understand with the amount of young female athletes that are going and playing sports and their ACL is being blown and torn to bits. Yeah. And there's no real solution or understanding of why is the human race and the human body experiencing so much destruction and implosion as we know it. We uh, it's almost like, oh, yeah, you just have everyone's got a bad back. and Oh, yeah, you just blow out your ACL and you blow out your ACL and you've got a bad back and you get a surgery. <laughs> but um, there are people that are aware of this and like myself are saying, hey, this is actually directly inhibiting our ability to live a free life, to be sovereign within our bodies, mm -hmm. to move graphically as we as we like to be able to go to the gym, to be able to do the things that we love. Our bodies are breaking down. Totally. So this uh, this social movement that's happening is um, one that I am grateful to be of service to. Yeah, dude, um, and likewise, um, for me too, man. Because as you as you already have made clear, like the amount of outsourcing we do in as a society of giving away our sovereignty and our uh, our trust in these people that, you know, as you said, you know, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a professional movement coach that has like the secret elixir of how I'm going to get better. It's, it's taking this idea as you were saying earlier, and we talk about all the time is ownership, right? Like the reason we have our body is called a vessel is because we need to own the ship, the vessel in which we, we bestow, we've been bestowed. And what's so fascinating is, is how these words just are everywhere. And we say them all the time and we don't even realize what we're saying. And I talk about this all the time. Everyone on the show is like, dude, shut the fuck up about it. But I, but I talk about it because I want people to just start paying attention to the things that we are saying, the things that we don't even realize we're communicating. And this is plays into what the body as well is doing. It's communicating, listen, be present, because when we're present, we can hear what those communications are. 
like you said, with the knee, dude, I've like, and I know you've probably had crazy experiences as well, but like I've people come in knee pain, like, Hey, I do a lunge of any kind or any sort of bending. My knee really hurts. I've had knee surgeries. I've had this and it's still hurting. You know, you get them in the back chain, you do a couple things, you put them on their fourth, fifth, you get them a little bit forward, you get them connecting with their toes. And I've had people like just straight up look at me and just start bawling. And they're like, you're telling me that all I had to do was that. And I've had to go through what I had to go through. I'm like, unfortunately, yes. But the fortunate part is now you can start that journey. Now you've been listening to the communication and I'll bring people in now. I go, can you move your hips forward? Do you feel your knee? I do. Can you move your hips back? Do you feel your knee? No, go forward, go back. And people go, I have control over this. And I go, yes, you do. You've always had control. And that's what you said about this movement. It's going, and this is something I like to do. It's like, I, I'm not special in the sense of, uh, I don't have a secret. There's no secrets I have. I'm just trying to connect out. So you said, I'm just trying to create this mindset of the spider web. That's such a great analogy. Like, I'm just part of the spider web. But what I will do is I will allow you to learn how to start being in ownership, taking control. I will push you to say, no, you're in control. Not me. I'm not doing 10 more seconds. You're going to do the 10 more seconds. You're going to breathe. You're going to be the one that stays with it. Once you get out of that move, I need you to stay calm. You're the one who gets to stay calm. It's your choice. Do you want to stay calm or not? And so giving that people a little bit each and every day, the, the sovereignty of the same thing as you, like giving them that ability to just be present with themselves, listen to the communication, the body's giving, listening to the words coming out of their mouth and being able to go, oh, wow, I guess I am always saying like, my batteries feel low or I need a recharge. And then when you're coming here telling me that I'm an energetic body, I guess I do talk about being an energetic body. This isn't as foreign to me as I thought it was before. You know what I mean? Like you start really, like people start being like dots connecting and you're going, this is it, man. Like I'm, if you know how the body works, you realize we're a moving battery. <laughs> we're essentially a moving battery. And then they're going, well, come on. And then, and then you start to explain it and then be like, you know, Hey, yeah. do you go, do you go on vacation to, recharged and they're like oh shit yeah i do actually say that and you're like yeah why why do you want to put your feet in the sand we, you know like like i'll start going down this whole thing and and uh yeah it's just fun to experience that with people so anyway that was just kind of a, a side rant on my end but anything you want to add to that yeah i would just say that um i think it's so special and there's going to be it's so special to be a movement coach and there's going to be many other people that are going to want to jump in and mm -hmm. be a movement coach it's a field that will in the very near future have already it does have more people that are in need of this somebody to speak to them from a movement standpoint instead of like a training standpoint and the training standpoint uh, to differentiate or help somebody differentiate this when i'm a trainer or i'm a like let's say i do crossfit or any other training methodology or uh, pilates or whatever they are concerned with what you are doing. Mm -hmm. You do X, Y, and Z. And this X, Y, and Z is going to make this result A plus B equals C. And they're kind of like in this, this mind frame. A movement coach is somebody that cares more about how you are doing things. And yeah. the how we move is inside of the gym, is 
uh, in the kitchen, is in our living room, is at right. workplace, is at, when we're engaging in a, an extracurricular hobby. And so when you start to examine how am I moving throughout my life, then the entire uh, manifold of who you are is within examination. Absolutely. Just through the lens of movement, just through the lens of how am I moving, the quality of my movement, the tension that I'm bringing, um, you start to examine and the whole world of your life becomes up for examination. And I really like what you're talking about when you're asking your clients these questions, because this is the benefit of being a coach. This is why coaches are so special and so helpful is because somebody comes to us with a concern or complaint. I am experiencing X and Y and Z pain, or I am feeling this within my body. And as a coach, we help them examine the external world and their own internal world and say, are there some changes that we should make mm -hmm. to help you move towards a state of peace, uh, equanimity and flow state? Can right. we make those changes instead of being stuck in this complaining, concerned loop? Because when you take those complaints and those concerns to somebody else, they're going to say, oh, well, you have that. You have X, Y, and Z complaint. And they're going to diagnose you with, you have Achilles tendonitis. Mm -hmm. You have general low back pain, uh, undisclosed general low back pain. And therefore, that is what you have. And there is no uh, if, ands, or buts. You're probably going to have that for the rest of your life. So you should probably take this pill or you should probably get this surgery. Yeah. We come from the back end and say, are there some changes that we can make in your internal or external environment that can result in a different experience of reality? And just asking these questions um, to our clients, to the people uh, we work with can make the biggest difference. Absolutely, dude. And, you know, and maybe you've had similar things with working with as many people as you have is, as I've been on this journey too, you know, I'm, I've always, as much as I played sports and was, uh, you know, into athlete athletics and stuff, I was also like in school, like, I was like, just why, why, why? And they're like, Pat, shut up, dude. Like, and I just like, I genuinely want to know, like, I, I have, I'm, I want to know what, why we're doing this. And they're like, just, just do it, dude. And so I've always, so, and I bring that up because when you talk about people with diagnoses uh, and then just like, oh, here, take this pill. The amount of people I've worked with all these years, because I've been doing this since I was 19 years old. So I'm going to be 31 next month. So I've been doing this now for almost over, yeah, like 12 years. So I've just had a lot of questions. <laughs> so, and what happens is when I have people coming in and the amount of people I've been told they've been misdiagnosed, they think it was this to find out it was this, but those two things or multiple things were so closely related that no one really knows what it was, but because this medication didn't work for this, oh, it was misdiagnosed. It was, it's this actually, but even that we're not really sure. So this, all this uncertainty of everyone's misdiagnoses, I was always like, this doesn't make any freaking sense. I'm like, we know it's this, but when something doesn't work, well, it's not, it can't be that because that drug is supposed to help that or this this medication or this surgery was supposed to help that. And that's not the case. So for a long time, I was like, this makes no sense to me. How, how no one knows anything. Like no one actually knows shit. And so it was one of those journeys for me of going like, well, I have all these people coming in and I've like, similarly, I'm like, I don't have the answers, but I'm sitting here pretending like I know because they're coming to me. I got to put on a face 
And I was like, I got scrapped that early on. I was like, if I don't know, I got to be up front. I don't know. But as you go through the, when I was going through it, I was like, okay, there's a huge thing that's not being addressed here. And this was like on my, my journey. This is probably like six years ago. I was like, okay, we have this body, we have a mind, but I was like, we have a spirit. And then I wasn't like fully like, you know, backed with my relationship with God, but I was like, okay, there's a spirit component, but let's just say breath. Let's just focus on the breath of, you know, life. And I was like, okay, let me just ask people to just focus on their breathing. Let me just focus on that. And you start realizing a lot of people aren't fucking breathing. And so I bring all this up because you start to realize is when you just do what you and I are trying to do. And a lot of movement coaches today is just, I genuinely want to, I want to know what's going on. Like, I don't want to sell you anything. I don't, I just want to know what is like, as we've been saying here multiple times now, like what is being communicated. And if there's a blurred line, like, for example, like with diagnosis, it's going, well, what is causing that? Why is it that you have this diagnosis and you have this other one, but you're showing similar things? And then this is why the movement is so important. This is why I preach what it is that we're doing. And I'm so, um, I get so excited about talking about this and sharing this information because you realize in so many ways that this is a huge missing component to allowing other people to allow people to not just deal with their physical problems, but the emotional, the spiritual, the psychological, because it's, you know, I always say this and I know I'm jumping around. So if I'm not making sense, you know, cut me off here, but you know, we see, Oh, I have all these problems in my head. I've had these traumas as a kid, or I've had these poor relationships and my job and the stresses of this and the stress of that. And everyone's like, okay, we'll go to a psychologist. And some people it works, but I've come to realize when there's that mind, body, spirit, the, the physical salt of the body, you know, and then the oil, the etheric of the mind. And you realize that to just ask somebody to stop changing the way they view the world through their thought processes is a lot harder because that's a 10, 20, 30, 40 plus year journey of going, can you change how you think a little bit and not worry? And people go, easy for you to say, dude, easy for you to think that way. You're not in my position. And you're going, you're right. You're 100% right. But what can you do? Because all that is up there is just stress. But where's that stress? It's it's an energetic fleeting thing coming in and out of, of the cranial. It's in and out. It's in and out. But what can you do? You could put some under a physical stress, their connection with body, with source of that physical for 10 seconds, create stress, breathe through it, learn how to get back to your breathing and then go, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Cool. Let's do it again. And we'll go a little bit longer. Hey, you thought you can only do 20 seconds. You just did 45 seconds. Did I? Yeah. Do you feel pain? No. Where did you feel it? Wherever I wanted to put it. Cool. Good. And what starts to happen without fail is people start to go, hey, I can be in stress and be in control of my life. I can get that ownership back. So then all of a sudden, before you know it, those a lot, not everybody, it's not always the same right away for people, but those diagnoses start to heal. They start to get better. They start to go, wow. This isn't as debilitating as it once was before. 
it is not controlling me. And so for me, that is my long way of saying, I love what we're doing. I love what you're doing, spreading that message, using the platforms that you do have and that we are able to use to say what we just have been talking about, but through movement, through a, a minute clip of just starting here, because there's so much more that's being expressed in that story without necessarily giving the lecture. So anything you want to add to that? I know it was a lot, dude. I think we can all agree that life is very difficult at times. And some of us do have it better than others. Um, Mm -hmm. But we do have different traumas. We do have different psychological stresses. We do have logistical problems of life. It's like really difficult. Like life is nuts to manage to, to deal with like and some of us have a bigger plate than others in different regards but we mm-hmm. can all agree that there is uh struggle mm-hmm. there's a struggle uh to live and there yeah. are struggles that will come up it's not all rainbows happy fairies in, in disneyland um and that struggle brings so many gifts when we're yeah. able to go through that struggle and to come out on the other side and we're, and we're willing to move forward in that struggle. The struggle gets really difficult when your physical body is also in pain, when it also yeah. is hurting, that becomes very difficult to move past the different obstacles, resistance that are showing up in your life, whether they're internal or outside of you. And so when I look at the different physical pains that happen, general low back pain, uh, you know, neck and shoulder pain. I got a frozen shoulder. My shoulder just hurts or shin splints, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, FAI, femoral acetabulum impingement, just random hip pinching, just random soreness all over our body. These low Mm -hmm. level tensions and pains that of course we have a bunch of diagnoses for, but to me are um, extraneous, should not exist within the physical body and um, luckily i believe are extremely extremely simple like you talked about knee pain knee pain oh everyone's got knee pain very simple to render and to reintegrate back into the body so that you can move forward because there's already enough stresses going on yeah not also take forward with those stresses low back pain knee pain that makes it really hard to move forward um and for many people, when they're grown up with, well, I've got this knee and this structure and this foot and this Achilles, we can get so myopic with it. But if we look at how humans lived for thousands of years before the modern world, because really we only started suffering knee pain, foot and ankle, neck and shoulder, low back pain, hip pain, only within the last really 150, 200 years, you know, with the big industrial revolution. Before then, we weren't having all of this surgery and we didn't need to have braces and all, all of this crazy stuff. So what was the difference between how our ancestors did it? You know, were they also experiencing this low back pain? Were they also having knees that were just shot? Or were they able to live whole entire lives and not experience these small ails, ailments that we experience? And when we examine those two uh, differences of how our ancestors lived and how we lived we come to some very simple conclusions number one they were walking five miles maybe more a day 
do we walk that? No, we've, we've uh, used cars, scooters, bicycles, airplanes, buses, boats, right. and replaced our ability to locomote. Okay, what else? They did not have chairs. They rested on the ground. Well, we have for we want to elevate ourselves from the ground, and we now only sit in chairs. We only sit in chairs in school, in the car, in the office, etc. So mm -hmm. we're not sitting on the ground, and we're not traveling for five plus miles a day. And also, our the our ancestors were living mostly on the ground. They were in right. contact with with minimal shoes, so very small barefoot shoes. And now we have cement and sneakers with two inches of pillow cushioning. Mm -hmm. So with like just by examining how humans lived and how we're living right now and say, maybe I can walk three, two, three, four miles a day and get that going. Maybe I can get out of the chair and maybe I can start to address the different clothing and interactions I have with my external environment. All of a sudden, low back pain, knee pain, hip pain, whatever it is, start to kind of like vanish. It's mm -hmm. like very simple process but we do have to be able to examine and acknowledge that the way that we're living right now is not natural and it's not the way that the human body is designed to live absolutely and to kind of piggy on that i have a uh, a thing that i'd like to tell like a lot of clients and uh, just people who listen it's going as you were saying earlier the struggle is where we can we need that struggle or as what i'll say is, is stress is is vital to our lives we need stress you absolutely need stress. And I always tell people, we've been so conditioned in our modern, you know, era to believe that stress is not, it's not good. Like you don't want stress. Let's just take away your stresses. We'll do it for you. And I always tell people it's going, stress will be somewhere at some time. If it's not here, it's going to be over here. So where do you want that stress to be? Meaning, Okay, so yeah, you got a job really, really far away. We'll take the stress away. We'll give you, you know, here's a car. Your car will get you from point A to point B. Hey, you know, the you know, you don't want to go to the grocery store and and or the farmer's market on a Saturday morning. So don't worry. We'll just we'll you can order your food and we'll bring it to you. And again, you're it's this accommodating. There's a place and people want that, right? Okay, well, yeah, the stress of all that, or hey, you know, I don't really want to go to the gym. It's just too physical stress for me. Okay, fine. Well, that stress is going to come back in doctor's visits, knee pains, medical. So I go, do you want that stress? Is that because that is without fail where a majority of people go in regards to their journey of going, hey, I want to live an easy life. I have too much stress up here with my job, all this stuff. I don't want the physical stress. I don't want to have to do that extra thing. Okay, that's fine. Just know that knee pain you're feeling is going to continue to get worse because we're completely disassociating. So it's, you know, for many, if you choose to, if you're not taking care of it, it's going to lead to that path where, you know, Hey, maybe I am going to get this knee, knee surgery, or maybe I am going to be, you know, hunched over for the rest of my life if you're not addressing it. So the stress will present itself another way. And if you're feeling this now, do you want to stay in that? You know what I mean? So these are things I always tell people. It's like the stress will find its way no matter what. But I ask, do you want to be in physical stress for 30 seconds, for a minute, where you're in full control and facilitating and feeding that pattern back to the natural design where you're in control? And I always say you're in control. 
Yeah. And, you know, obviously a lot of people go, yeah, I want to do that. And I go, it's going to be hard right now. It's going to be difficult, but you're going to be okay. And so I always try to let people know it's like, that's where we can start making those changes. As you said, like getting off the chair, you know, or getting yourself, you know, if you feel antsy, move, you know, sit differently. I mean, I'm sitting on my couch, but I'm moving, I'm doing calf raises as we're talking. I'm, you know, trying to move. This is just how I am. And I'm not perfect. I'm not saying I am, but it's just allowing yourself to be free. You know, we're so conditioned to be like, don't move, sit down. And I do it with my son when we're sitting down for dinner and he's spilling everywhere. But at the same time, it's also like, go move, play, roll around, have fun, you know, let yourself explore that. You know what I mean? So yeah. Anyway, that's just a little something. Uh, deep pleasure that I get out of life and a deep joy that I get out of life is in alchemizing suffering into an enjoyable experience dude and, uh, i think it's a special talent that i have um i don't know if i was given it or i cultivated it um but it's one that i hope that i can transmute to my clients or to my friends and family these moments i've had when i was you know i think martial arts really helped instill it when somebody is strangling you and somehow you're getting strangled and you feel all the sensations of somebody's sweaty arm, you know, around your neck, you feel that you can't breathe and your diaphragm is like, it's like choking for air. Yeah. But then there's still this mind observation. Be like, this is crazy. This yeah. dude's trying to like strangle me and I'm going to try my hardest not to get out of this or being in an MMA fight and absolutely get, getting obliterated with punches in your face and the ref coming over to you and being like, you okay. And you're like, you smile and you're like, this is quote unquote, this most stressful, the hardest thing. And guess what? It's fine. Everything is okay. Yeah. Like, I'm smiling. It's okay. I can smile. I can choose to smile, um, which is, I think, and I, I maybe I'm going to take this back. I don't think it's my special gift. I think it's human special gift that allows mm -hmm. us to be so resilient and survive is mm -hmm. despite worse circumstances, we have the ability to consciously dictate how we are, perceiving this stress and that is our that is the, our freedom you know Victor Frank will say that like the last known realm of freedom is is this inside of us so like yeah even in a May fight even uh when I was in on the ambulance in the craziest of scenarios I can still maintain you know this line inside of myself and Absolutely. there's so many different ways that we can cultivate it from breath work ice uh hard workouts to you know doing difficult things but finding uh, pleasure in the difficult i think is one of the coolest things that we can do as humans and oh, yeah. being grateful for the obstacles that are in front of us grateful like oh, i've got knee pain okay what does it say how do yes. i pass instead of being like no <laughs> my life stops it's like okay like whoa what is that like how can I move past this? And be like, oh, that hurt more. I mean, like, well, like, let me just, yeah, let me aim in this. Let me get something from this. Oh, absolutely, dude. I'm so glad you said that. There's a couple of things you said that just uh, ring so true. Like the communication, the need of like having gratitude, because it's like I always equate it to for those who have kids or uh, in relationships, you know, it's the kid, your son or daughter or children just tugging at your shirt, being like, dad, 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 dad going shh stop it go away dad dad no i told you here here's an ipad dad dad finally you go what and it's like 
there's a fire. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's going, oh my gosh, why was it? Why didn't you tell me? I was trying to, I was literally trying to communicate to you. Yeah. All the only way I knew is yeah. to get your attention mm-hmm. or in a relationship it's going, you know, Hey, yeah, you know, I'm doing these things. You're just in that, you know, Hey, I want to talk to you. Well, not right now. Yeah. I want to talk to you. Hey, this isn't going to work. Oh my God. Like, why, did, why were, didn't you say anything? It's like, well, I tried and you just kept ignoring it. Or you try to mask it with like, oh, here's another gift or here's another thing. It's, it's literally the same thing. Instead of being like, hey, I'm glad that you're willing to come to the table and talk to me about this stuff. Like what's going on? Let's, let's listen. And that's the, the most important thing I think for, for me. And I think our work is just being able to go find that, you said, find that gratitude in that communication. It's like, ah, oh, shit, like my shoulders hurting. Good. Good, because why it's letting me know that maybe something I'm doing that I'm not aware of is continually causing some issue. Let me pay attention. Let me be with it, dude. Because what is that ultimately doing? It's putting you back into the present moment. It's putting you into the breath. It's putting you in to all you have is this now, right? And this is where that that philosophical component of this all comes in. And you brought up even with the the alchemy, like you you know being able to go through these alchemical processes. This is the one thing that I'm. I, I guess like preach in many ways is that when we train, this is the alchemical process. It, it, you are going through alchemy when you train, you know, and the, and there's this axiom called the axiom of Maria, which people laugh about because it's got like the three become the one, you know, type thing, you know, the Trinity, but there is truth in it because when you understand the, what this axiom of Maria is, it goes, the one becomes the two, the two becomes the three, three becomes the four back to the one. And when people are like, well, what is that? It's, you know, one, two, three, four equals 10. And if you take the zero out, you're back to one. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, what does that have to do with alchemy? What does that have to do with the human body? And what you've done is you've gone to the 10th. So you've gone to the 10th power, right? From one to the 10th power. So it's, you're still at the one, you just have zeros as placeholders essentially. And what that is, is the growth. So I take you, bam, and I'm, you're going, Hey man, I got this issue whatever. All right. You come in, you're, you're bam, you're the one you're this. And now I put you under physical stress. So I create heat just like an alchemy. If you need to create separation, you start the heating process. And now what happens with that? You start to break up the pieces. Well, what's the pieces of bam? It's going, I can do this. I got this. The other side, shit, how much time is left? Can I do this? Okay. I'm going to just hold it for another five seconds. And if he doesn't say anything, okay, wow, my leg is really hurting right now. Okay. Can't, oh, geez. Okay. And how do I know this? You see it in people's faces. Yeah. <sighs> and you're seeing this whole, all that shit starts to come out and then it's going, well, how do I take those two pieces that just separated, which is alchemy? And then how do I bring them back together? Mm-hmm. I've created this. I've created this break how do i bring pieces back it's the breath the present moment i'll tell people breathe don't ignore this and don't ignore this just breathe into both of those right now stay present breathe and then that's why i told you the other day about the intention attention intention because that helps keep people present and then when they breathe even though they're still under a lot of stress it helps them calm themselves be with it and then as they get out i tell them just don't collapse out of it. Just keep breathing just until you feel calm. 
Because now what you've done is you've brought that one into the two. You've brought that third component, which is the breath, to bring them together. And now you've come out of that a whole new person, the four, which is back to the one. Does that make sense? So now you're out of that stress, that fire, the the philosopher's stone. You know what I'm saying? And now you've created basically the Phoenix and that would, and that in many ways, I mean, there's layers to it, but I believe that's what it, the Phoenix is in regards to our body, our soul, our, our spirit. And that's so cool that you brought up the alchemy. Cause I talk about this a lot and it's going, we want you to be in an alchemical process. Why do you think they've bashed in, you know, religion for so long alchemy, this idea of alchemy, you're going through every day in alchemical process. And they're going to say, don't even think about that. That's silly. You're, you're a heretic for doing that. And it's going, am I, am I for looking at myself as someone who's growing and going through this, that I have the capability of being stepping into the shoes that have been given to me or stepping into the feet rather that have been bestowed on me. Like, is that, is that really a heretic thing? I'm not trying to control you. You're not going to, I don't, I have no desire to control you. I just want to be the best version of myself, but I need to go through the fire in order to experience that. And it's going, uh Oh, they're starting to make sense of themselves. <laughs> they realize they don't need us as much. And that's uh, yeah. Anyway, but I just want to throw that out there. Cause I, I can go on for hours about that. Well, you know, I had uh, the ultimate pleasure of going through the, that process uh, when I started doing martial arts and jujitsu when I was 15. That's the awesome. Man. That I was before jujitsu and the person I was after those two people are almost like you couldn't, you could, they're like different, very different people. Yeah. But it took this huge change, these physical, emotional, psychological stresses over years, over time until I was a new person on one side, you got somebody who's meek, shy, bullied, quote unquote, describes himself as weak or like lesser, smaller, shorter than people. And then on the other side, you got somebody who's independent, uh, somebody who's confident, somebody who's trust that they can take care of themselves, somebody who's not bullied, somebody who's in the world, open, present, uh, like loud, Mm -hmm. boisterous, because I went through this process of changing who I was and I always look at the world through the physical because it's right there and I can see it and I think that over time science is going to start to make this conversation happen to us more known uh if anyone wants to look into it mechanotransduction is really the one that they're using to talk about this because everything on the physical is like your muscles and this it's very like it's compartmentalized we're looking mm-hmm. at it through one model which is not the whole entire thing but mechanotransduction says that the um they talk about it on through the cellular level but basically pressure enters the body and the body receives that pressure takes that information in and makes adjustments on the fly mm-hmm. so this is why i put a bunch of pressure in through weightlifting and my muscles and my bones start to grow this is how we can create different structural changes with our face. This is how I can change my physical structure. I can grow. I can get shorter. I can get larger. I can do whatever I want. I can create the body or the physical thing that I want. If I'm willing to go through that fire and come out on the other side, it's going to be painful because I'm at one place and it's 
going to take me a little bit to go to here. Most people have difficulty going in and like feeling that fire and then coming out on the other side. Yeah. But if we enjoy that process, that death process, that ego death process of like being like, man, the way that I run is destroying my knees. I'm going to change how I run. And now I'm going to be able to run pain-free for a long time, as long as I want that process, who knows how long that process is going to take. We just have to have faith that, okay, I'm in this process. I'm in this thing. The world right now is telling us whatever card you were dealt when you're born, that's all you got. That's who right. you are. That's it. You cannot change your, your, your name, your person, your job, your status is just that do not change. But when you start to like, and I think that's what's so powerful about movement in the physical bodies when you're like, hold on. I said that I wanted to be stronger. I said that I wanted to be faster. I said that I wanted to learn how to fight and now I can. Mm -hmm. You're like, what else can't I do? Yeah. I don't know. Let's like, let's go on this, this road and find out. And when you go on that road, this is a different road. I wanted to retouch on that point. You're talking about with being gratitude uh, when gratitude comes in and when you have pain in your body, when you look at animals or you look at children, the way that they interact with pain and pleasure it is a base communication from their internal nervous system and from their internal body but we are told that pain is bad and you should take ibuprofen you should take opiates you should drink right. yourself you should move away from pain pain is no good and dole that communication from your body what i love about what we get to do is to reintegrate somebody into the communication that they have with their body which includes all of the pleasurable signals and all of the painful signals. Yeah. I call it red lights and green lights. Are you experiencing a red light? Why is that? Can, mm -hmm. Do you want to move away from that? What, what is your body telling you right now? This is a good thing. Like your son tugging on your shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't want that not to be there. I don't want my body not to tell me, hey, dude, you've been you know, on your phone texting and looking down, and now the back of my neck is hurting. Can you please do something else? I would never ask my body not to have that. Um, but those pain signals were also told that not only can we not change, but pain is like this, like beast, this demon that comes into our experience of reality. Yeah. And we need to slay it as quickly as we can with the help of big, ph big pharma mm -hmm. and massage therapy and whatever yeah. it is, get that out of my body instead of being like, no, this is just like when I talk with my best friend, sometimes it's the best conversations. And sometimes we get down to some really nitty gritty stuff and it's like hard to swallow. Yeah. But that is the same the same with our body absolutely man and that's that's what makes this so fun dude in this conversation uh as we land it here now um because i'll have to run soon but this is why i love talking with people like yourself and you specifically dude because like in my from my point of view you get it and that's what makes these uh so exciting because it's like we can have these, as you said, these deeper conversations, getting into these philosophical, getting into the uh, these thought processes, the the nitty gritty of it all, and being able to just go, what do, you know, as we were saying before we came in here, like, what does this all matter? What is the matter of all this? Why is this so important? And I feel we've touched on a lot of it, but being able to go into those depths of these conversations to go in through our own experiences to be like, yeah, this makes the most sense, dude. And the people I work with, uh, without fail, everyone goes, this just makes sense. This feels right. That's the big thing I hear. This feels right. 
Mm-hmm. And there's something about the difference between I think this is right and I feel this is right. Like, cause you know, we're talking about feelings in today's society, not when people get emotions mixed up with their true feelings, but when you people get that gut intuition or that connection with, with source of keep doing this, it's, it, it's not like, no, I think this, it's like, no, this is, I feel this is right. And you, you could sense it with people. It's like, that's what this is all worth. This is why it's worth it. This is why it's dedicating your life's work to being on this exploration. You know what I mean? Of not the accolade version of like, how do I make myself famous? And it's just going, no, no. How do I just make this life that much more meaningful? And as you said, and we've been saying with gratitude to this whole experience, uh, even through all the shit that's out there in the world. So yeah, it's just, it's just, it's fun, man. And I'm, I'm so glad we got to chat, dude. I know we, we, we touched on that quite a bit, but yeah, anything you want to leave people with anything you want to touch on in, uh, in general before we wrap up? I would say number one, if your body is asking for help, if you're experiencing pain or something that is nagging at you or even an injury, um, make that a priority. If your health is something that is, you know, under attack, under siege right now, make it a priority in your life uh, to really honor that signal that your body is giving you and hire a coach, uh, seek professional advice, whatever you need to do to overcome that so that your physical being and your physical body is able to continue moving forward and enjoying and being able to experience life. We only get to experience this life because of our physical body, because of the senses that we have and the common uh, understanding, maybe your friends, maybe all your people will, when they have pain, it's just like, yeah, deal with it and suck it up. But that is an energy suck. And it is directly taking away from your ability to appreciate, to observe and to be here with life. So if nobody is telling you, I am here to encourage you, make it a priority. Get mm-hmm. your body at the standard of health and feeling and sensation that you deserve and that you should, which is feeling good, getting out of the bed and feeling really good and going to bed, feeling really good and not being interrupted by that. Um, if you do need help, reach out to someone like Pat or myself or somebody else that can help you. If you do need someone to walk you up that mountain and up that path. Um, where and where can people find you, man? Cause yeah, dude, you're, you, I highly recommend everyone go, work with bam it will be worth your time um i can know i can guarantee it yeah even for just some more information or to get yourself a movement assessment if you're having some pain and you're not getting answers having like an assessment done since somebody showing you like this is the reason Mm -hmm. why your body is screaming at you if you haven't been able to follow the rabbit hole down to the conclusion uh, you can go to primalmovement.org. Primalmovement.org is where you can find me. You can um, book a session with me, book a consult call. Um, even if you just want some more information on your body, its natural state, and how you can help facilitate that for yourself, family, friends. Hey, I highly recommend everybody take advantage of that. And um, just know, like you said, you're you're, you're getting knowledge that you might not be getting elsewhere. You, you're not just getting told here, take this and now you're good. Or maybe we think you're good. Actually, I'm not really sure. We'll just try and see. It's somebody being able to actually take you through this process and going, okay, what is that communication as we've talked about? So uh, for those 
listening um, who maybe have seen my stuff, don't, I'd rather you go to BAM because at the end of the day, we got the same goal in mind. And if you're feeling better through that experience, that's what matters most. And obviously I want to make sure to the best that BAM's getting that support too, because, you know, it is doing it online and things like that. Yes, you have the freedom to reach more people, but it is also a lot, it is a lot of work like anything else. You know, you're trying to, you know, you're not in that experience, that energetic experience one-on-one in person. So, um, you know, at least I've noticed it takes a lot more energy to try to make that connection with people through these, you know, zoom calls or interactions. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of energy that's going into that experience with people. And, uh, I know BAM brings that. So, um, man, dude, I thank you so much for coming on, man. This was such a good conversation. hundred percent. Thank you, Pat. And my battery on my camera just started blinking at me. So yeah, we're going to wrap it up here, man. This is unreal, bro. Dude, I know it's awesome. So, well, thank you brother so much. And, uh, everyone listening, thanks for joining us and we'll see you all next time. Bye guys. Oh.